What's up and welcome in to CHGO Bulls post game. Not not the start of the weekend we wanted, gentlemen. Really, really not. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to CHGO. I'm Matt Peck, joined by Big Dave Watson, Will Gottlieb, and hanging out with us from all the way on the other side of the world is the fourth member of our crew here at CHGO Bulls, Mr. Mark Aranzolas. Hey, Mark, how's Saturday so far? Uh, look, it was it was going well until, you know, the the fourth quarter, let's say that. But um, it, it's going pretty good. I'm in the future, obviously. Um, but just happy to be on the uh, on the post-game show with you guys. We're happy to have you too, man. The Bulls dropped their fourth straight. 118-112 is the final against the Bucks. The Bulls slip a little bit more in those Eastern Conference standings. Things only continue to get harder as after a couple of days off this weekend, they have to face Embiid and the Sixers on Monday, a team that they have not figured out how to beat yet this season. Um, let's let's start where we left off in pregame, gents. Will, a big decision for Billy Donovan to swap out Javante Green in that starting lineup and instead go with Tristan Thompson, a Twin Towers look that we saw at times during that game against the Hawks just last night didn't go great D- Tristan he, he gave you the fouls but he was in on, there on a night when the Bulls could not corral a defensive rebound especially when they needed to how is it that you got both your bigs out there and the Bulls are still losing the battle of rebounds and second chance points he showed some energy which you have to credit him for credit him for but here's some sort of hilarious and sad stats that I'll share with you okay in 20 minutes he had five fouls, and that was really why he was out there. Yeah, that's why he was he out there to pick yeah. up, you know, five, six hard fouls. Mm-hmm. In those 20 minutes, he was a team worst, minus 25. What? <laughs> they lost the game by six. How does he get that negative? And then and he ate the entire wheel of cheese? <laughs> Not even mad. That's amazing. And then, to your point, the other one is that he had a grand total of zero defensive rebounds. Mm. And that Oof. really bit the bulls in the ass in the, in the stretch. The, the Bucks were just gobbling up offensive rebounds, second chance points. Yeah. It was tough. Um, Mark, what did you think of the, the pairing of those two? I think we all had some questions there, but uh, you, you seemed opinionated off air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to save my takes for a post that maybe I put online, but I guess I just, I just instinctively hate the idea of two big lineups. Like that just makes me sick. To, to, to my stomach and to my core, to be honest with you. So, oh, but I was prepared to give Billy this chance to see what it looked like. But I don't, I just don't see what the advantages of putting Thompson out there with with Butcher. Like, if he's meant to bring rebounding, if he's meant to bring physicality to the court, I don't necessarily think we saw that. Maybe he was meant to start to be a bit of a goon out there to take out Grayson Allen. We didn't see that either. So, like, I don't necessarily know what the benefits are of playing Thompson next to Vooch. And I think in the, you know, in the second quarter and the third quarter, we saw the benefits of the Bulls being small. So, yeah, look, it's, it's a small sample size. I don't want to make, you know, grand proclamations about what this may or may not be. But based on what we've seen thus far, I just don't, I just don't like it. What yeah. about you, Dave? Um, I mean, I didn't love it. Um, but we needed to see me, it. I think you were you were excited about that. I said no when he said. It, I said I didn't hate it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hate it. I but, didn't but love pre-game. it. It was exactly Pick a side, what I kind of thought it was. You know what I mean? Pre-game, it, you were saying though that like this is something that we needed. This is an experiment yeah. that we needed to try. Yeah, you guys, you you all touched all the bases yeah, <laughs> and everything. So I'm yeah, agreeing I with agree. you. I think I yeah. think it was worth testing out. Um, yeah, no, no, no. You have to do that. You have to try it out against this matchup. Right? You had to try it out and you had to see if, if this was going to work and what was going to become of it. it. It has to be a thing that you had to, you know, put out there and check out. And I thought the only thing I really liked what Tristan did was in that third quarter when he when the Bulls kind of went on that run. And he his thing was he was drawing those fouls when he was trying to go for those offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. And he got those two yep. fouls in a row uh, on the on on the Bucks. Which helped the Bulls, you know, kind of yeah, get that, that lead and get momentum that momentum. The, the Bulls won the third quarter 35-24. Right, right. That was a big part of it. That was huge. That was very important for him. So, I like that aspect of it. But, like you said, he was out there for those six fouls. Like, that's really what it was. Um, and he gave you, almost gave you all of those. All of those six fouls. He so. tried. <laughs> he tried. He put in that effort to give you that. And his goondom is exactly why I wanted him out there. And when you're playing a bigger team like that, um, I, I understand why he would go with that kind of lineup when you're playing a bigger team like Milwaukee or, you know, uh, there are several other bigger teams in the league. I'm sure he will might try that lineup again against, like right. maybe Cleveland or something. He might do that again against. But overall, no, it doesn't work. It's not great. But 
it's something you had to try. You had to see what it was going to be because you cannot start Javante Green on Giannis. Like, you just were not going to do that. So you had to put him out there to see what it was going to be. I mean, I, I've seen enough. Like I'm, I'm scrolling through my, <laughs> was enough? I'm, okay. I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed and, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing stuff from from Billy Donovan post game that makes it sound like he's he's not ready to give up on this idea yet okay. of playing Vooch and Tristan on the floor together for large stretches. Mm-hmm. I I've seen enough. You don't want them on the floor together ever. I mean, look, did you see the spacing? Mm-hmm. W- the Bulls still losing the rebounding battle despite yeah. having more minutes with both of those guys on the floor. Yeah. The Bucks scoring 20-plus second-chance points. And their first time playing together like that, yeah. Well, and, you know, that, that doesn't mean that's going to continue no, throughout the rest no, of the year. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like our pal Just Ken- one, you're like done. Our, like our one pal, and done. Like our pal Kendall Gill said uh-huh. about campaign, uh-huh. the Vooch and Tristan experiment is over. Yeah, and it's how's over. campaign doing, though? Doing all right? Yeah, in Phoenix. I ain't going to listen. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and ride for campaign, all right? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to sit here and ride for campaign. That is not about to happen, all right? You're not going to put me in that position, sir. That is not going to go down. (laughs) I mean, let me counter with this, though. Like, could could we not have explored this, not necessarily as a starting combination, but as a a backup situation like Billy did against the Hawks? Like, I, I, I get why you want to start against – I'll have a bigger body against Giannis to start maybe, mm-hmm. but like you still could have tested this logical, this theory with, you know, maybe Thompson coming off the bench and, you know, massaging your rotation to the point where you could have had Vooch and, and TT out there together at the same time rather than starting him and, you know, disrupting that identity that the Bulls have. And, like, that's one issue that I have with it. But m- my main problem with it is, like, this just really dramatically changes, you know, Vooch's role on offense. And – He's basically just spotting up in the corner in these sorts of situations. And we know Vooch just has been bad from deep all season. So why are we trying to, you know, propel that lineup more when Vooch has sort of found himself a little bit more or rediscovered himself closer to the basket? Now you're pulling him back away from the basket where he wasn't shooting the ball good earlier in the season and certainly hasn't been the case, you know, since February. He's been really bad from the three-point line, shooting about 21%. So... I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me on a lot of a lot of, a lot of levels. Maybe I'm being um, a cynical douchebag. What did you What did you call me, Pack, last time <laughs> cynical, in the pregame? A cynical I, I, I'm, I'm being a cynical douchebag. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, you I'm and being me. That now. Same. Same. Cynical douchebags. <laughs> make it a shirt. <laughs> Spe- speaking of cynical douchebags, we got people hanging out with us in, in the live YouTube comments. Appreciate all of you. Jashish Two K said, "We suck. These last oh, four Lord. games have pissed me <laughs> off." This game proves to me we can't beat any quality teams. There's been a lot of that talk, y'all, on Bulls Twitter and Bulls social media lately. Mm-hmm. Does this game add any fodder to that argument if you believe in that argument at all? I mean, it's hard to deny that at this point. What is the Bulls' record against yeah. the Bucks, against the Heat, against right. the Sixers, against the top seeds in the West? Yeah. The record oh, is doo-doo. Oh, it's oh, like, I think it's like 2-15 <laughs> and 15 at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, it. I feel like I've been sort of a downer today because – They've lost four games in a row. They are sliding in the standings down to fourth now uh, with the Bucks and the 76ers overtaking them. But they're still missing their two best defensive players. Mm-hmm. They were in this game. I think they match up actually pretty well against the Bucs. Um, they're obviously the champions. But it's a team that I think the Bulls could be competitive with. I mean, you obviously saw that tonight. Um, they, they were in it the entire game. They were up by a lot in, at the end of the third quarter. Uh, in the fourth quarter, the wheels just kind of fell off. They played a tight game last time. I think it was a four-point loss. So I do actually think this is a, a matchup that the Bulls can, you know, can play well against. But it's really hard to evaluate this team when they're not right. healthy and you're missing basically the entire defensive identity. Hmm. And, and that graphic of the Eastern Conference standings you saw real quick there was actually before that went final. So the, the Bulls and, and the Bucks are now deadlocked at 39 and 25 each. And the Bucks, having won two against the Bulls, have right. the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. So, as you said, Will, the Bulls now have slid to fourth. Uh, and, and the Celtics are right there nipping on their heels. Oh, and did I mention yet that we have to play the Sixers on Monday? Yes. Oh, um, Breathe, man. Matt, you know, okay. you know but I will tell you. Every, you know time, every time I but saw no. Alex Caruso wearing a hoodie on the sidelines tonight, I died a little inside. But you got, but you did get what you wanted tonight. Because when you said in the pregame, did you want Grayson Allen taken out or did you want the win? You wanted Grayson taken out. You got what you wanted. I'm sorry, Dave. You what it. I believe I said was mm-hmm. I wanted Grayson Allen leaving the United Center <laughs> in a goddamn body bag. And we did Put not see that, did we? No, you did now, not. Now, 
credit to Derek Jones Jr. He tried. For not only giving him a hip check, he, he but gave him a little bit of an elbow to the head. Did it not make you feel good seeing oh. this? Oh, Did the it, joy not radiate from it, your soul? It made, me feel, that man it made me feel better than I felt in weeks. Damn. To see just a little <laughs> bit of elbow to the we head. We got to talk about your hour. life, man. Dang, that's tough, bro. <laughs> that's tough, man. It did look really unintentional to me. Like, he yeah. kind of... He kind of went up to try to block the shot, got him with the hip a little bit, and then realized he wasn't going to shoot it, brought his arm back, and kind of knocked him on yeah. the head. Yeah. It, it, was a, like it was a flagrant, but I thought for the most part, it was just like the fans at the UC booing him, and that was kind of right. much to do about it. What do you think, Mark? Was it, was it enough playground justice for you, that flagrant that DJJ got? <laughs> well, my, my whole take on this this uh, Grace Nolan thing is like, if you get, I don't understand why you would retaliate now, like six weeks, two months after the fact. No one on the night when Caruso got hurt did anything about it. So to me, it's like, why even do anything about it now? But like, did you guys see Caruso trip slash knee IO in the third quarter? I think yes. it was. And like, nothing was made of that. You mean, you like, mean, so if, if they're not going to stand up, for, yeah, yeah, Grace Nolan, like, yeah. like, if, if no one's going to stand up for Io in that situation, and they didn't in, with Caruso last time around, like why are we expecting anyone to hard foul Caruso uh, at this at this point in time? It just doesn't seem to be part of the Bulls' DNA, I guess, with this particular collective. But, but see, shouldn't that be a problem? Mm. Does, am I the only one who finds that to be a problem? That nobody's retaliating? Yes. Yeah. No, we've talked like, about this millions of times. Yes, it's a problem. He did it again tonight. Agreed. And he got away with it. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't that be on the officials as well? It's not okay. They got to be seeing this stuff, man. Like, honestly, like, he keeps It's going. not okay. He has a track record of this. This isn't the first time he's done this to a player. Stick his leg out and trip somebody. He's done this several times, man. And he keeps getting away. He keeps getting away with it. Right? Shout out Breaking Bad. like Aaron Paul. <laughs> he keeps doing this, man. This is crazy, dog. It's annoying. You guys are seriously related. This. You just had the same D- reference Oh, dude, we do. I swear to God, the All next the Bulls Bucks game, Grayson Allen's going to slip some rice in, into Tristan Thompson's <laughs> tea or something. It's going to happen. <laughs> but, dude, it's, it's just really annoying to, to see that one happen. But, Something had – I didn't mind the retaliation at all, but I do agree with Mark. Like, seeing Io get that trip and nobody gets in his face or does anything like that or says, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, yeah. right here, the same way I talked about Bobby Porter's doing it for Giannis when he saw Montrez Harrell hit him. Mm-hmm. Like, you still need that guy to do that for the Bulls, man, and it just hasn't happened. I think the, the Bulls have been a pretty quiet team all year. Like, DeMar is very soft-spoken. Doesn't yeah, the really coach is too. Yeah. a ton of emotion. Billy's the same. Mm-hmm. Zach gets hype – after, you know, a lob every now and again, but they, they just don't get super emotional. And I, I actually kind of like that. I'm not, mm. I think they just have to stay poised. They have to stay focused yeah. and, you know, things like this are going to happen. Uh, you know, maybe it would be nice to have like some 90s style retaliation, but um, I'd rather win some ball games. No, I want the win, but I, I do want the talking to. Also, I was, hey, fun, man, for sure. Bro. Hey, bro, you can't be doing that to my player. You have to say something. Um, shout out to our pal, Stefan No, who's in the comments hanging out, who said sign Peck to a 10 day the next time the Bulls play the Bucks. <laughs> I will sign that contract. And I tell you what, if y'all agree to help bail me out, I will gladly get arrested. He wouldn't last half I a day. I will gladly get arrested <laughs> if it means putting Grace Allen in a body bag. How, how many, can you make it up and down the floor is my question. How many times? One half a time. <laughs> <laughs> I can get... One direction down the floor, Dude. which is long enough to come up with some. You know, maybe I can like hide like a you know some kind of small knife in a pocket. You carry your weapons on the floor now. Hey. <laughs> you what know, do? like you know, like the Heath Ledger Joker move. Just have one like with like a, a tricks like switch that comes out of my the front of my sneaker. Tall, you've yeah, gone, you've gone from '90s basketball to like '50s boxing. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. There's too much violence in the world, guys. This is, this is off to <laughs> too a bad much, start. Mark. Tell Come me on. Again. Say that. Say that quote again. Please. <laughs> uh, Clark wondering what's wrong with tickling someone's head with your elbow. <laughs> is uh, yeah, honestly, it didn't really feel like much more than a tickle. Like yeah. he grazed him. Yeah. I it, wanted like elbow so hard that you know, like temples splurting blood. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, like wrestling. You know how much you love that. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he loves this. Um, we also, I know uh, that, Will, you wanted to get uh, to DeMar's slow start tonight. So mm. let's talk about that now because in the comments, we got uh, Mikhail saying we need to play through our max player, Zach, more. DeMar, 11 of 30 tonight, not cool, man. Yeah, DeMar, right. DeMar had a up-and-down game. He started yeah. 1 of 5. Right. Was not getting to his spots at all. I think, you know, he's the kind of guy that really can just kind of get to wherever he wants on the floor. And once he's there, just shot's going up. 
and, you know, Drew Holiday, Wes Matthews, those guys are really pushing him back a little bit further um, away from the elbow, and I think that kind of slowed him down. He ended up getting hot there in the second and third quarters, mm-hmm. uh, and that's when you saw the Bulls really get back into it. And then I think he missed, like, his last five or six shots. Like, he just was not right in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I think the one shot that he hit down the stretch was that kick-out corner three. Mm-hmm. So just kind of a weird game, and, and the Bulls rely on him so much to carry the load in the fourth quarter. Um he just wasn't quite right tonight, but Zach really wasn't either. I mean, he definitely had the box score numbers, but he just, the knee is scaring me a little bit, man. Like, I just don't feel like he's 100%. Now, I would say that part I disagree with. Um, I like the way Zach played tonight. I was very concerned about how he went, if he was going to be able to go to the bucket, you know, if he was going to be able to be physical right. and do that, because we haven't seen that these past few games. He's been opting, you know, to stay outside and shoot the J a little bit more. And you need him to go inside, especially if you want to draw some fouls. And right. we saw the discrepancy that has been for the past few games with the Bulls and, you know, free throw shooting. You saw him going to the line. You saw him being more aggressive. Um, even though he did take 10 threes, hit, what, three of them. But it was the fact that he was going to the cup and challenging guys like Giannis and challenging Bobby Portis and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to make those kind of efforts, you know, to, keep, to get the uh, Bulls involved and get something on the inside because – you can't take away that superpower from for Zach Levine. You for know sure. What I mean? I think, you can't yeah. take that away. He has to have that in his game, at least going to the bucket and trying to uh, score. So I like the fact that he did that. That That's why I didn't have any real reservations about how he kind of played. Yeah, I don't think he played poorly. I just – I don't know that he's 100% healthy, and that scares me a little bit going to the basket. Like you said, it's such a big part of his game. And, you know, I think settling for some jumpers is fine. Uh, but really, it's the Bucks' length. Just mm-hmm. so tough to get into the paint against them. Right. With Giannis, Drew Holiday was incredible tonight. <sighs> Middleton, I mean, they've got so many – they just have so much wingspan. It's, yeah. like, hard to get into the paint, and that's where the Bulls can create a ton of chaos when they're yeah. getting into the paint and kicking it out. Do, do you – Mark, do you see that as the primary reason why, once again tonight, just like against the Hawks last night, the Bulls just got absolutely smoked in the free throw attempt discrepancy? I mean, we're talking about the Bulls' two all-stars, Zach and DeMar, kind of – you know, neither neither of them had an ideal Jesus. fourth quarter, but they also combined to shoot just eight free throws tonight. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean that's that's certainly a concern. Like Demar has been, you know, one of the the leading guys in terms of you know foul foul attempts drawn and those sorts of things, getting three points at the line. Zach has traditionally been pretty good at that as well. He's he's, he's improved on that aspect of his game through his, through his career. Yeah, I don't know what it is at the moment why that's not necessarily occurring. I mean. I initially, I was thinking maybe it was the, the dual big lineup and not necessarily having enough space to create there. But even in the situations when Thomas was, uh, Thompson was off the floor, it's not like the balls were getting to the line at that point either when they were playing smaller. So yeah, it's an interesting development. Uh, I don't know if it's you know the, you know the de- defenses you know scheming differently against the balls. It's 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 one of these games where I, I want to go back and watch again, particularly the DeRozan shots. Like, is he being limited by the combination of Thompson and Vucevic? Like, can he get to his spots as easily now versus what what he was doing before? That's what I want to explore a little bit more. But like to me, for like Zach, I don't know. Like, he, he's still taking. A, a steady diet of tough shots, in my opinion. And the same is true with DeMar. Like, we've, we've gotten used to DeMar knocking down these shots. Over the last week or so, he hasn't. But, like, Zach still made some pretty tough down, um, some pretty tough down baskets in this, uh, this particular game. So, like, I don't know. Like, he had an amazing game. Don't get me wrong. 50% shooting to get up towards the, uh, the amount of points he scored is really damn good. But at the same time, he's probably still got, like, three or five jumpers in his arsenal where I'm just sitting there going, eh, that's probably not the right shot, but at the same time he sinks it. So it's like, whatever, I guess I'm going to live with that. But I don't know. I don't know what the issue with the foul drawing thing is. It's, it's an interesting one. It's certainly something to monitor, but they just don't seem as aggressive about uh, as to getting to the basket as their opponents do at the moment. Man. Breathe, breathe baby. Let it out. It's all right, man. Uh, why couldn't they give us a victory to kick off Launch day and to kick off the weekend. Well, I'm just, I'm struggling because you wanted blood. It. Well, yeah, you, you, that's what you wanted. <laughs> yeah, you wanted blood. Yeah. So no, you I can't even, turn on that. I didn't even get that. You didn't even get blood. You got beer though. Like, oh, you do got that. It's not enough. No. <laughs> not enough. Uh, well, so so we talked about the whole you know Tristan and Vooch yeah. element. What will did you think about the game we saw from Vooch tonight? Because we talked in pregame about how he's been kind of 
backsliding again after a strong bounce back at the beginning of February. And then, you know, he like he actually had a fairly efficient night. If you look at his box score, he was eight of 13, even knocked down two of his four three point attempts like you, you take that from Vooch. The, the box score numbers are there for sure. I think he he has to like play his way into some more confidence. He just mm. he's refusing to shoot a lot of the time. You saw him launch a couple of threes there in the second half, which is great. The way that that opens up the floor is so important. Mm-hmm. Right, we're talking about spacing with Tristan. Like if Booch is just kind of rolling to the elbow and catching it and not shooting it there, looking to pass, it slows down the offense. You have to reset, and it's where Demar likes to do his work. So I think he has to be a lot more aggressive. The Bulls try to sort of force feed him mm-hmm. in the post. That's fine. It works. He draws doubles. He kicks it out. Um, you got to rely on the shooters to make their shots. But um, I think he just needs to shoot the ball more. He needs to be more right. confident. He's so, just, so have you seen a trend of him kind of overpassing this season, maybe being a little too unselfish? I, yeah. I think it's it's just a confidence thing. He just seems like he won't shoot. I think he, he's sort of very selective. That's why I think you, you see the numbers right. where they are. But it's a lot of like floaters from eight feet out going yeah. to the basket. It's not really the the same type of stuff that has led to a ton of success across his career. Right, Mark, where are you on on the Vooch spectrum right now? He's a he's a very hot topic of discussion among Bulls fans oh, for months. Well, it is me, the the Vooch apologist, logging on. Um, I've been that way all season, and I will continue to remain that way. But like, I think another underrated thing that I want to you know discuss is the fact that if you're having Vooch a, a Vooch out or out on the perimeter more and using more of his shooting as a, a weapon, let's say, it takes his maybe his best skill on offense away, which is probably his passing ability. Like mm-hmm. he's so good as that passing hub connecting both sides of the court. And that's super important for guys like Io and Kobe and getting those three-point attempts. And like the Bulls only attempted 26 three-point attempts tonight. Vooch only had two assists. That's probably not, I mean, causation, correlation, those sorts of things. But at the same time, like if if Vooch isn't necessarily on the block, if if he's not on the elbow, if you're not using him as that passing hub, then you're not necessarily getting up those three-point attempts that the Bulls need to sort of close the gaps to, to leads, particularly when they're not forcing stops and transitions and getting easy scores that way. So I, I think of another underrated element of, you know, getting Vucha further away from the basket, not necessarily having playing on the elbow is that you just lose that, that amazing pass, passing ability that, that he has. So um, that's something to note. And, and I'm going to be tracking that over the next couple of games, I think, because I'm a little bit, I'm probably more concerned about the, the loss of his passing than his scoring or anything like that, to be honest with you. That's exactly what I was, I wanted to say as well. Like that's the one thing that alarmed me was the fact he had those two assists. Uh, I thought he actually shot the ball pretty well. I was very happy with his shooting and the way he played that way. But the nine rebounds, you know, I'm not used to that. You know, I'm not used to him missing those double-digit rebounds. So, like you said, having him and Tristan in there, he still doesn't get those double-digit mm-hmm. rebounds. That kind of alarmed the, me as the well. The rebounding was oh, a problem. It was a problem. It was an issue. But those two assists, man, like those things I'm just not used to seeing with him. I'm used to seeing those five assists, you know, him getting that real slick pass over the I.O., you know, for the baseline three or to kick out to Kobe, you know what I'm saying, when that's the double team was closing. That's, right. that's what I love from him so much. So the fact I didn't see that tonight, that was the one alarming thing for me from his game. And, and you know, the Bulls only got out-rebounded by 10 tonight. And, and it's not like 10 in the margin on rebounds is, is minimal. I mean, it's, it's significant, 50 to 40. But it just seemed like, and, and again, a similar thing against Atlanta last night, yeah. timely ones. And they yeah. feel like they yeah. count for yeah. two <laughs> because you give your opponent another opportunity to put the ball in the bucket. You know, uh, Will, you made notice of the fact that, that Billy actually kind of switched things up and, and closed with Javante uh, at the end of the first half. And, and you were wondering, you know, is, is that about just who, who has how many fouls or – was this Billy kind of second-guessing himself about, about this Vooch and Tristan situation? But then we saw that Billy went back to it and closed with Tristan and Vooch again at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, de- and the defensive rebounding still wasn't there. And it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Cody Westerland tweeted that um, the Bulls, the Bucks had three offensive rebounds in a three-and-a-half-minute stretch with both Vooch and Tristan Thompson in the lineup. Like, if you're going to have two big men, it's 2022, guys. Right. You can't play with two... <laughs> like big men out there. So if you're going to do it, you got to be able to rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just in general on both sides of the court, being smaller is better right. when your small guys are skilled. Mm-hmm. And Javante can be hit or miss with his shot, but his activity cutting, uh, the way he rebounds, like you saw one play where he basically was guarding on the weak side corner 
came all across the baseline yes. and yes. swatted the ball down mm -hmm. from Giannis. The Bucks ended up recovering it, but that's the kind of thing that you just can't do with Tristan. Um, I think the other issue with playing Tristan is the way that he was, I mean, he was guarding Giannis. That's why he was in there, but he was really sagging off of him and allowing Giannis to pick up steam mm -hmm. going to the basket. Giannis had, I think, 19 free throw attempts. The Bulls had 11. 11. It's so insane. One I of those <laughs> numbers is larger than the other. Yeah, that's that insane. Correct. God. Well, let, let me ask you, because I want to ask you about Javante Green. Um, and the way he played, he, he played really well. Uh, do you think that's because he's more comfortable back in his role coming off the bench? Because I kind of haven't seen this Javante Green for the past few games. Yeah, he's been quiet. This is something that actually Mark and I talk a lot about. Um, just like what role makes the most sense for Javante. And I think something more in the 20, 18 to 24 minute range, that's where he was tonight. I think that makes a lot of sense for him where his activity can really be more of a weapon and he's not relied upon to be out there for 36 minutes guarding right. the best guy. But I don't know, Mark, what do you think? Uh, look, I personally like him as a starter. I think he fits in nicely with, with you know, the starters. I, I like the way he plays off it. I thought the spacing was noticeably better when you had Javante out there because it put Vooch back into, you know, into the post and those sorts of things. So I, I prefer him as a starter. Mm -hmm. To your point, I, I would like him to play like max 20, 22 minutes. I'm not, I'm not suggesting he has to close games. He doesn't need to play 35 minutes a game or anything like that. But I just like the mix of having him in there with the starters and, and rolling with it that way. It's worked for most of the season. It was working when the Bulls were really good when Caruso and Lonzo were around. So I don't necessarily see a reason to change that. I like Derek Jones Jr. off the bench because I think, you know, him as a rim roller is really interesting as a, as a backup five almost. And you can't really do that if you want to, like, exploit Vooch's best skills in the starting unit. So I like Javante with the starters. It makes sense to me, but I know not everyone necessarily agrees with that. No, no, I, I agree with you that Javante should be starting, but I think my question was, uh, what did you attribute to the way he played tonight? Because I hadn't seen him play that way in, in the past few weeks. Was it because that he was back in his role uh, coming in off the bench? Because I remember him, that's where he would be more comfortable mm -hmm. at. You know what I mean? But I agree he should be starting, but it just was a difference in the way he played yeah. tonight. Yeah, I don't know. Look, the only person that could probably answer that is Javante himself. Like, I don't think... I don't know why he played with more energy tonight versus other games. Maybe he's carrying an injury that we're not aware of. I, I'm not 100% sure. He definitely had an extra pep in his step tonight. But why that is, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think it's uh, a coming off the bench thing because ultimately he was playing in rotations with starters as well and he was still bringing that type of value. So to me, it was you know maybe just one of those games where he had a little bit extra in the tank. There's a, there's a different Bulls podcaster somewhere screaming out into the void that Javante shouldn't get any minutes at all, Mark. I think you're familiar with who I'm talking about. I've been about. waiting for him to bring it up. <laughs> it hasn't even... Oh, man. I've been waiting. Oh, I've been man. waiting. I have man. no there idea who you're talking about. I have no, yeah, yeah. I have no <laughs> idea who you're talking He's about. Like, he doesn't know who I'm talking about anyways, anytime I bring up the bald-headed menace. Oh, there it is. The Neuralizer. I got Neuralizer for the you, Mark. Don't worry. I got you covered. I got you covered, man. Get you a Neuralizer right there, sir. Look right in the screen. There you go. You good. Hire a decorator to come in here quick. Because, damn. Shout out to uh, Justin Lovelace uh, in the YouTube comments who said, this is so much fun. Can't wait to wait watch you guys after every game. We can't wait to hang out with you. Seriously. Also, amazing name. <laughs> what, were, was one of your parents like an author for adult romance novels? Because that name is freaking awesome. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Justin? Um, here, here's an interesting question from Jason in the YouTube comments. Um, how well did Pat Will play against Giannis last season? That's another element and kind of a wild card that some people are wondering. How much, if any, does the return of Patrick Williams from his, uh, from his uh, injury, which could be sometime later this month, yeah. change things? As we're talking about rotation, as we're talking about the Twin Towers and Javante's minutes, mm -hmm. do you guys have optimism or are you – checking your optimism about how much Pat Williams could help this team as we talk about a team that struggles with size, struggles re with rebounding, and that front court rotation? I mean, you have to be optimistic on the fact that he's coming back. Uh, how much is he going to do, what he's going to provide? You know, who knows? That's, that's all kind of up in the air. We'll find out when he gets out there on the floor. But, yeah, what his size will provide and his spacing and all those things, yeah, that's important to this team, and they're going to need it. But I don't know if he'll come back in as the starter. They might, you know, bring him slowly off the bench, you know, do it that kind of way. But he'll help. <laughs> I know that for sure. He'll definitely help. But how much? We got to see him play to, to know that. I think of Pat Will. Sorry. Giannis and Patrick Williams, one game in a 
Okay. 20, yeah, 29, 12, and so, 8. So you're telling me Giannis is good. Is that what you're saying? That's, that's, wow. a, that's an Giannis average awesome. performance. Wow. Yeah, no. That's, <laughs> you know what I mean? that's, that's average. That's like, a, that's like a bad Tuesday. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think for me, like. Did you see a stat line tonight? My gosh. <laughs> Which, and, by the way, our pregame points bet, Giannis combined points, boards, assists. Mm-hmm. Easy over, mm-hmm. like we said. I think, I think that was the only one. The only one we hit, but yeah, that yeah. Was, right. <laughs> for me, I think anything you get from Pat is kind of extra. It's a yeah. luxury. Yeah. Um, he's twenty years old, and I think he's also very much more theoretically good than actually good yet. Uh, I think he will be a very good player. Yeah. He has all the tools and attributes to be exactly what the NBA wants. At every you know every team wants at the four. Uh, he's big. He's strong. He's got those sturdy thighs. Like he's gonna. Sturdy he's gonna be. Thighs. He's gonna be. That's like, a t-shirt. You talk about real. t-shirts. He's got real That's a t-shirt. T-shirt though. He's, he's got sturdy trunks, thighs. man. He's not. Yes. Nobody's gonna post him up. Like he. He's gonna be good. But I think for this season, if he can come in and play, maybe show some flashes. Mm. I think that would be awesome. I, I don't expect too much from him. Um, just trying to like temper expectations, but I do longer term think he's going to be a player. Mark, Mark, what are you thinking about P Dub's uh, looming return, bud? And his thighs. Well, I mean, <laughs> and more well, importantly, his thunder thighs. thighs. He's, he's got he's got good thighs. I'll, I'll give him that. They're better than mine. But um, I wish I had thighs like that. But you know that we don't need to focus on that. But I guess. I'm going to activate cynical douchebag <laughs> mode again because I'm expecting absolutely nothing from Patrick Williams and I hope the fan base feels similarly because the dude has only played five games this year, has missed the entire season. I don't know how much of a ramp-up he's going to get before the games actually start mattering again. I, I just don't think we should be expecting anything of him at all and I think that's the best way to approach it. My, I mean, my life motto at the moment is just undersell, over-deliver, so maybe if we you know, damper expectations, then Patrick exceeds those expectations. But, I mean, theoretically, yes, he, can, he could be the answer. But things that Patrick hasn't done so far in his career is rebound and shoot the three ball. Like, his, right. his three-point percentage is good. But a stat that I just keep coming back to is, like, his three-point attempt rate is lower than Derek Jones Jr. and Javante Green. So even though Patrick Williams may shoot 37% from the three-point line, if he's only taking, like, one or two threes a game, like, his percentage is irrelevant to me. And similarly, from like a rebounding perspective, amongst Bulls players last season, we can, maybe we use last season's numbers than this season because he's barely played this league, uh, like this season. His defensive rebounding percentage was amongst the worst on the team. So, like in terms of rebounding, in terms of shooting and spacing and those sorts of things, like Pat just hasn't delivered on that thus far, and it's not surprising given that he's so young into his career. But right. because he's missed so much time, I, I'm just not expecting him to do those things when he gets back. Uh, shout out to Adam on YouTube who said thick thighs save drives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're having fun. It's Friday. Um, uh, our pal Salim. What up, Salim? Salim nice to dream. see you here, pal. Shout out Salim. Mm. Uh, Bulls Gold uh, said he needs time to work his way back. Look, I think that two things can be true here. Those things being any Bulls fans who are banking on Patrick Williams to be this team's savior for the final five, ten regular season games in a playoff run is is kidding themselves. What can also be true simultaneously is that there is a reason Patrick Williams was not traded at this season's deadline, and that it is AK and Eversley took him fourth overall a year ago for a reason. They see potential in this kid, Mm -hmm. and he is still here and was not traded for, like, Jeremy Grant for a freaking reason. And... While we might not see the the blossoming of Patrick Williams that we wanted to see in year two of his career this season because he went out in game five, it doesn't mean that that development and that blossoming can't still happen next year or the year after or the year after that. Because let's all remind ourselves, he's younger than Io, y'all. The guy who's missed his entire second season in the NBA, Mm -hmm. younger than Io. Do not give up on Patrick Williams. Oh, optimism from Peck. I like this. I'm I'm halfway through my third beer. There it is. (laughs) Happy Friday, everybody. It's hitting you right there, man. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) The applause on me are going crazy, man. But, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see him back. I can't wait to get him back. I I do agree with Mark as far as um, the fact you forget that he didn't really play in the preseason, you know what I'm saying, that much. You know what I'm saying? That's why Javante, that's why even 
first saw Javante, yeah. you know, getting out there playing power forward. Yeah. And we were like, what the hell? You can do that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, really? You're 6'4". We had, right, exactly. We had no clue he could even do that. So, you're right. He hasn't had much playing time to get acclimated. And the one time I saw him kind of showing flashes was the Knicks game when he started making some moves. And then he immediately goes down with an injury and goes out. But, yeah, I, I really do like Patrick Williams. I think he's going to be dope for this team, honestly. But I don't know about it being this year because there's just so much time missed. But it will be better than what they have on the bench from several of those players. And I do know that as a, as a fact in my head. I'm going to tell, I'm gonna tell, <laughs> I'm gonna tell Matt Thomas who said that. I'm going to tell Matt Thomas Matty Legend is his name, and you will say it with respect. Never, <laughs> never ever. Shout out to the legend. <laughs> Matt, Matt Thomas, you can come hang well, out. I mean, with are, we, are, we, are, we sure, are we sure that um, are we sure that Patrick Williams is in, even in the playoff rotation when it matters? Ooh. When it matters, Mike Clay throwing flames down under. I love it. Do you seriously think he won't what, be in the rotation he, if he's when healthy? it matters? When it matters, I, I, I think it's a real possibility. I think it's real. Like Derek Jones Jr. showed why he's a valuable guy off the bench. You got Javante who played a really good game tonight as well. Pat's missed the entire year. Those guys are going to be playing power forward, Javante and um, Derek Jones Jr. But don't forget Caruso and Lonzo. Those dudes will be closing games. One of them will be playing power forward as well. So, like, Patrick's probably not closing games. Neither is Derek Jones Jr. and Javante. So there's a real chance that Billy Donovan here is sort of toggling between Javante, Derek Jones Jr. and Patrick Williams for that backup five position, if you want to say that, even if one of those guys technically start the game. I'm not convinced that Patrick Williams is going to be in the playoff rotation at all. Mm. Wow, not even at all. I mean, playoff rotations do shrink. Yeah, true. And, and like when Billy had that five-season playoff run in OKC, those were five very different rosters he had. But sometimes he would only go essentially like six and a half deep. Like, you know, one solid bench player that would play 30-plus minutes and then a guy off the bench playing maybe five to ten. And sometimes he went nine or ten deep. I think we probably forget because it's been so long since the Bulls were in the playoffs. But <laughs> What's that like? Jesus. I don't, I, I don't I remember. remember but, but also, you, for the record, that one season when you were on the beat for the Athletic doesn't count. Oh, it counts. <laughs> oh, we would have beaten him if Rondo didn't break his thumb. Doesn't never count. Never let this go. Look at him. Doesn't count. Oh, Drunk Peck is my favorite Dumbest right now. season in Bulls <laughs> franchises. <laughs> that was the dumbest? Oh, oh no. That was every, the dumbest season? Every team, no, bro. Every team nope. needs an no, alpha. No, no, no. And we have. Hell no. That'll work Hell out great. Hell no. They're not headed, even close to being the dumbest season. We're not headed down close. a very dark path right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the path he'll try to take you. That's, that's he'll try to take here. you down, man. That's why no, we're here. Not well. even close. Come on back home. Come on back home, man. But I think it's true. Like you In the playoffs, you need to have players that you trust. And like I said, I think Pat's going to be really good. But right now, he's theoretical. And if... Billy can trust him, and he shows you know signs during the last ten or fifteen games. Whenever he comes back, uh, that he's trustworthy, that he'll execute defensively, and that he can hit open threes. Sure, give him some minutes, but I, I'm not banking on that. I, I would love for it to happen, but I, I kind of tend to agree with Mark that, you know, it's not a given. Our pal Sean Hyken in the comments said, when Derek went down, that really set us back. <laughs> true. True facts being spoken yeah. here, folks. We're talk about dark seasons. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is a new day. Uh, <laughs> Let's keep I, it positive here. But, I mean, I, I think that Mark could be, could be on to something. Mm-hmm. If, if Billy does kind of shrink his playoff rotation a little bit, mm-hmm. assuming that Javante and DJJ are fully healthy and ready to go, that maybe he has come to trust them enough that he trusts them more than a super rusty Patrick Williams. Mm-hmm. And you have to like remember, Like a burnt-out Chevy that's just had, like, you know, grass growing around it in the backyard He's all a burnt-out Chevy now? Damn. Well, just talking, <laughs> just talking about the levels of rust, I Dave. I I understand. Yeah. But damn. <laughs> you, you have to remember, too, that the Bulls' depth is actually one of their best attributes. Very true. And it's hard to remember sometimes because yeah, Lonzo, Crusoe, Pat are right. all out. But when those guys are back in, I mean, that's three more bodies that, you know, push Javante and Derek Jones down in the pecking order. Um, Trademark. Pecking order. Um, yeah, I mean, so some of those guys are going to lose minutes. We don't know where it's going to be. Um, but I just remember what it was like when Lonzo and Crusoe were playing. I just oh, I, I miss it so much. I miss it so much. Um, good basketball yeah, but, you know, speaking of that depth, and especially when we hopefully, knock on wood, get Lonzo and Caruso back, then you talk about guys like Io and Kobe going back to bench roles. Kobe's already gone back to a bench role now that Zach's back in and playing again. 
But this incredible rookie season of development and growth and, and just awe-inspiring play from Ayo Desumu on both ends of the floor, yeah. especially, you know, I, I'm sure that there's some diehard Illini fans who are also Bulls fans out there who are screaming, I told everybody on draft night, it was a steal at 38. That guy was a lottery pick. Congratulations. You, you appear to have been right because this guy is a rising star yeah. in the NBA. Then you get these guys coming off your bench. And honestly, the, the best stretch of play from the Bulls tonight was in that third quarter when they went small. And yeah. Io was making impact plays on both ends of the floor. Io was incredible on both ends of that floor, man. What he was doing offensively as far as, you know, finding those – Find those players, man, with those pretty passes that he is so... Was just, that little pocket pass? Oh, mm. oh it's always amazing to watch, man. Mm. And doing it with the no look, you know, just to throw a little flare on it as well. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Will, you're special. Look at that. That man is special right there. But he, it was amazing to watch. But the things he was doing on the defensive end are, are things like... And I'm not comparing him to Lonzo, but it's... It, it reminded me of that, how Lonzo would guard those multiple players on the other end, you know, and just disrupt everything that you were doing. He was having those kind of flashes, you know, in the third quarter. That play where he ripped up Drew Holiday. Oh, come on, man. That's Drew Holiday. It up. Like, Drew Holiday had to give him props after that. Like, yeah. on a timeout, he stopped. It was like very Spider-Man pointing meme. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Unfortunately, Drew Holiday did get the last lap. Oh, as he, as what he what did he pour in, 14 points in the fourth quarter yeah, or something some ridiculous? Something stupid like that. Yeah, he's, it was so damn good. Yeah. Oh. But I, I, I really did enjoy it. He showed those flashes in the third quarter just to let you know, man, I, I am that damn good. Uh, Mark, as, as someone who is a, you know, a, a faraway transplant uh, member of Bulls Nation, I, I'm sure that you've come now to gather the fact that all of this hype around Io has to do, of course, not only with the fact that he's a product of Morgan Park High School in Chicago, but also three seasons at University of Illinois, including that team that was a one seed coming into the tourney last year. With, without all of that bias of us Chicago locals and us Illinois people, are, are you able to look at him the same way and say, damn, this kid is really, really good? Well, I think famously on draft night, I was a big IO fan, wasn't I? Um, maybe I'm rewriting history. <laughs> Cooper, didn't you? I was a big, uh, I was no, a big what truth are you talking about? What are you, saying, what are you talking I'm about? I'm sure you want to read He got Cooper. lost in translation, Mark. We ask, understand. Ask Fred. I'm sure he's got Mark, the receipts. Mark had perhaps the best tweet of the year, uh, like with the interstellar looking at himself – like, I should have I should have told you about Io. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I got I got the Io take wrong on draft night, but I quickly corrected myself, and you know I quickly corrected myself because this dude has quickly proven that he's uh, like a legit player and he's influencing the rotation. To some degree, he has saved the Bulls' season. Like, you're out you're without your starting point guard, you're without your backup point guard. Here comes Io, who I don't know how many minutes he's even playing if the team is fully healthy. And he's just been very competent as a starting point guard. So in some ways, he has saved the Bulls' season in, in, in a lot of ways. And, and like, if you want to talk comps, like Drew Holiday, Io, I mean, same size, play a similar game. Uh, that was very interesting seeing that battle tonight. Hopefully, uh, I can hit the offensive glass in, in the same way that Drew did tonight. And like, if we want to talk about offensive rebounding, it was probably more the Bulls' guards that let the Bulls down than the, uh, the Bulls' bigs. But... Yeah, Io's been fantastic this season. I'm, I'm pretty confident that he's going to be a contributor in the playoff rotation. And, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a sneaky, sneaky chance that maybe he makes the All-NBA all rookie first team. I, I don't know if it happens, but um, I'll, be, I'll be certainly hoping for that, for that to be the case. And, I mean, everyone's an Io fan at this point. Even me, someone who didn't necessarily think the ball should have taken him at number 38. Clearly, I was wrong. Um, and Io's just awesome. Uh, well, you know, speaking of the incredible two-way play that Io had tonight on both ends uh, and, and some of those no-look passes, uh, our, our pal Lawrence <laughs> hanging out on the other side of these cameras yeah. right now. Hey. Uh, one of his bets he was confident with tonight going into this game mm -hmm. was Io hitting that five-dime mark tonight, mm -hmm. and he did that and then added a couple more on top. Speaking of which, mm -hmm. Big Dave, yes, sir. you want to tell the people about all the fun they can have at PointsBet. CHGO Bulls postgame show brought to you by PointsBet. Oh, you want to be just like Lawrence, don't you? You do. You want to make some of that money, don't you? Well, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Mm. PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting. We are the most excited for PointsBet's new exclusive features, live NBA same-game parlay. And for the first time ever, that's ever, you can build the perfect live same-game parlay only, and I mean only, remember this, only 
with points bets. All right? And starting tomorrow. This is very important. Starting tomorrow, y'all. Online sign-up is available in Illinois. All right? Mm. Just go to bed after this. Yes. Go to bed after this. And then as soon as it hits midnight, go ahead and do what you got to do. You can download the points bet app today and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. Signing up with the fastest sports book is now easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. Check out the link in the description below. Use the code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Once the game starts, you don't just bet. You live your bet life with point bet. Man. Woo. Davis, Who needs the Drew DeMar Brees when you got Big Dave? Man. DeMar DeRozan of ad reads right here. Uh, dude, I'm telling you. I feel that was beautiful. I already feel at home with points bet. I feel like oh. Zach Levine switching to clutch sports this oh, year. Yeah. Oh, nice one. Well, you know, well done. Well done. And thank you, sir. We're, we're rolling with the A-team right now. <laughs> um. Uh, Adam in the comments saying Adam went or uh, Io went from 17 minutes in November to 36 minutes in February. Yeah, I, I don't think you can ever overstate the amount of here's an extra huge burden Io that mm. was dropped on mm. a second round draft pick rookie this season. Yeah, we, people were talking about Io getting run, you know, out out at you know the Hoffman Estates Windy City Bulls Arena yes. this season. That's true. Because guess what? That's where Marco's playing right now. <laughs> Had a big game on Sunday. And he looks tall, and that's about it. Stop. Um, He had a good game. He had a good game on Sunday. 26 and 12. Shout out to him. You and I could have gotten some runs. See, you don't have to stop. You can't even get up and down the floor twice. You got to stop saying that, man. But for the one half time up and down the floor, we could (laughs) have held our own in that Windy City Bulls game. I don't know. We'll see. We're both tall individuals. Will looks like he can shoot. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him, man. Um, we'll all have right. to play some pickup sometime. I don't want to play with. No, nah, Will. You look like. See, you said that real. Play. Like I will bust fun. all your asses out here, man. I don't, I don't right, like we, how you said. What that. about just shoot around? Horse. A game of horse. Deal. Okay, game of horse. There Deal. we go. There we go. Um, full full court. You gotta make us run again. Full court. Horse. Oh, we're recorded. Yeah. Okay, I thought you said no. full court. I'm like. Okay. No, no. What, what, right, what, I, we're just playing I rescind my you offer. I'm not doing this three point line. <laughs> He's <laughs> taking it back. Yes. Nobody uh, wants to see that. <laughs> guys, here's a really interesting question in the comments. Ricardo saying the Bulls keep losing their steam uh, in the fourth quarter. Mm. Should DeMar fall back a little in the fourth and let Io play more with the ball? I, I think the Bulls have the record that they have because DeMar's been doing what DeMar does in the fourth. Yes, he has fallen down a bit in this last stretch of games. He had a very inefficient night tonight, whatever it was, you know, 10 for 11 for 30. He was, I think, 10 for 29 um, against uh, uh, the Heat. No, the the, the Grizzlies last weekend, 10 for 29. He wasn't going to be averaging 35 on above 50% shooting for the rest of the season, you guys. I don't necessarily think you change your game plan of putting the ball in the hands of the guy you trust, a.k.a. your top five MVP candidate, DeMar DeRozan. Any thoughts? Yeah, you give DeMar the ball, and you, you you have the nickname King of the Fourth, or King in the Fourth, however you want to say it. He's the king of it, and that's your nickname. So, yeah, if, if having him, him having the ball is what leads to that, you continue to do that. You don't go away from that. That is what got you the wins. That's what even got you here, even in this conversation. You don't take the ball out of an MVP's hands when he's putting on an MVP-type year. That's crazy. The tough thing about being an NBA writer is that you write something, and then – Later that day, they just it becomes obsolete. I wrote today about how DeMar has been so good from the mid-range and how it's such a pro-analytics shot for him because of how efficient he is. And he's coming out and going 11 for 30. So <laughs> that looks great on me. But um, I think more than anything, like, yes, he's going to get a shot off. And, yes, he's the best shot maker. But it's the decisions that he makes and the shots that he creates mm-hmm. for everybody else as a passer when the double and even triple teams Correct. come to him. Um, I think that's something that – you know, the Bulls have not had in previous years. I think that's where Zach kind of struggles late in games. Yeah, he gets that and ball strip. Yeah. That's why DeMar has been the king of the fourth. True. And how do you think Iowa was getting those shots? You know, those three-pointers he was hitting from the baseline. Mm. DeMar finding them. I'm sorry. I just had a little mini brain aneurysm. Uh-oh. Will, you said king of the fourth. For the record, it's king in the fourth. Jon Snow is the king in the north. Oh, Lord. DeMar DeRozan is the king in the fourth. Enough with this goddamn use of the word of. King in the fourth. Jon Snow is the king in the north. Thank you. I've said my piece. Do not make me repeat it. 
Please make him repeat it. Say what the hell y'all want. Shout out Bulldog. <laughs> Kevin Anderson, it. my guy. Bulldog. You know what's up. Shout you know out, what's up. Shout I think, out. I think you've just confused me further. <laughs> oh, yes, what? He does, now no, now, now I'm never going to tell me you never watched Game of Thrones? Of course I have. I, I'm not, now I'm just going <laughs> to. So shame. Shame. <laughs> oh, man. Shame. That reminds me of a Bulls loss from a few years ago. Oh, man. He's <laughs> just no, reliving all the bad things in your life today. There's no shame in this. Oh, man. He's reliving all the horrible things uh, in his life today. It's not your fault, Marque. This is all Matt. I promise you. This ain't no nothing on you, man. It's always my fault. <laughs> never your fault. Never Matt Damon's fault. Always my fault. <laughs> uh, wait, wait. We have one of those super chatty things, right? From okay. Jake. What do we got here? Jake. Jake says if the Bulls are fully healthy... How can they win a seven-game series against the defending champion Bucks? Mark K., I'm going to toss that to you first. <laughs> Assuming the Bulls are fully healthy, Caruso's back, Lonzo's back, P-Dub's back, everybody's healthy, mm. Zach's knee miraculously heals with, you know, some Willy Wonka shit. I don't know. Can they beat the Bucks in a best of seven? Yes, yes, absolutely. The Bulls can beat the Bucks in a best of seven. I mean, the only teams I'm scared about in the East are the Sixers and the Heat at this point. Like, that's right. probably it. Now, I'm just riffing off the top of my head, but, like, they're the, they're the top teams. Um, I, I'm a little bit worried about Giannis at center lineups. Like, that's problematic. But if, if they're sticking, like, Giannis out there with another big, I, I feel like the Bulls can compete with that. And, like, if you get Ayo, uh, sorry, Caruso and Lonzo back, then that just gives you more flexibility in terms of shutting down guys like um, like Drew, like Chris Middleton. If those you can set them onto those dudes, you don't, you don't have to ask Io to guard one of those guys. You don't have to ask Demar or, or Levine to guard one of those guys either. Like the, the Bulls have a path to beating the Bucks, and look, I keep waiting for the Bucks to turn to turn the corner and look like a championship level team. But they've they've basically got the exact same record as, as the Bulls. They've been more healthy than the Bulls. Like, if they are a real, legit championship threat, I would have expected to see more from the Bucs at this point. We haven't necessarily seen that. So, yes, I think the Bulls can take the Bucs in a seven-game series. Lost by four points last time, six points tonight. I think it's most certainly possible that they can do that. What about you guys? Yay or nay? Uh, I, I think fully healthy, the Bulls can beat anybody. Will they is the question, <laughs> and, I, and it's no. Not, for, the, for the Heat and the Sixers, like Mark said, I, I definitely agree with that. But, yes, they could definitely beat the Bucks in, in the seven-game series. Fully healthy, like you said, with this Willy Wonka knee that, that he can get right there. But, yeah, man, the Bulls, I love their defense when they're fully healthy. They, they play a death-by-a-thousand-cuts kind of defense um, because, they're, you know, those small guards that they have, man, the way they can get that ball and, you know, get out in transition and start the break, especially with Lonzo, especially with Ayo, especially with Caruso, man. It's really special to watch them do that. And the depth on this team is just really nasty, as you touched on. It's really special to watch. So watching them in, with that second unit and how they'll play that kind of defense and kind of swarm on those opponents and those big men don't want to play against those little guards because they'll be swiping at that ball, trying to get it from them. And then they can't run with those guys as soon as they get it. So, yeah, the Bulls can beat them in seven, I think. Fully healthy, yeah. Will? I think so. I mean, the, the defense is obvious. When you have Caruso out there, one of the best point-of-attack defenders in the league, you put him right in Giannis's face. Like, he's little, but, like, you, you prevent him from getting to his spots, <laughs> and, and that's really important. Um, but I think more than that is just, like, the offensive connectivity. When you have four or five guys that can really pass and move the ball, uh, it just creates more shots for, for everyone. Like you said, the transition. I mean, the identity of the team when those two guys were playing – was so fast-paced, and it just created easy looks at all times. Um, right now, the Bulls' offense is super efficient. I think it's like fourth or fifth in the league um, over the past however long, but that's uh, just because DeMar has been out of his mind. Right. And you add in you know, some easier points in transition here and there, I think they're just a much more well-rounded team when everybody is playing together, so... Yeah, there are, there are matchups that I'd be scared of. The 76ers are one. Um, the Celtics are mm. playing out of their minds mm. right now. They are. The Bulls can't figure out a way to stop Gabe Vincent, so that could be a problem. But uh, I do think they may not be the favorites, but they can compete with any of these teams. Compete is not the same as win a best of seven. And I'm sorry. Here I no, am. No, you're not. <laughs> Being the Debbie Downer again. The question Jake asks is null and void, assuming the Bulls are fully healthy. So let's assume... Caruso, Lonzo, P-Dub, all back, all ready to go. I'm not assuming that Zach is fully healthy because that's the reality of what we've heard and what we've seen. 
I do not think we're going to see 100% Zach Levine for the rest of this season. And it sucks that that's the reality, but the way I see it, that's the reality. And if Zach Levine is not his 100% two-time All-Star self, Mm -hmm. along with DeMar at peak DeMar and all of these role players and your defensive aces and Caruso and Lonzo back, no, the Bulls cannot beat MVP Giannis and the Bucks and that bull and that Bucks big three who whose stats we were looking at earlier in pregame tonight. No, they can't. Sorry, yeah, they can't. No, I disagree with that. They they definitely can, man. Uh, fully healthy. I mean, a- the question is acknowledging that Zach Levine is playing at what 80 percent at right. best of himself. Yes, that Play- is the part to me that is the key that makes me say I do not believe the Bulls. With 70 to 80% Zach can beat the Bucks in the best of seven. So even throwing Lonzo back in and Caruso back, all those guys, it's the fact that Zach isn't 100%. That's what you're saying. Yeah. That's why they can't win. Yeah. Okay. All right. I disagree. I think they can still win with the 70% Zach as long as they got all their players back um, because Billy Donovan can make those rotations right and, and work it that way. And the 70% Zach is still 30 points. You know what I'm saying? It's still eight rebounds. It's still six, seven assists. Like, 30, like 70% Zach is still a pretty damn good player, man. It's true. It's just not a game uh, not, and not a series winning player. Um, hey, we got another super chat from our pal Salim who said, fellas, great first post-game episode. Already the best Bulls post-game in town. <laughs> you know it. You know it. Man, that's, that's how you kick off a Friday. We didn't get the win, yeah. but we did get an elbow to Grayson Allen's head. You got that. You got and, that. And, yeah, and, and, and we've got the best Bulls postgame show in we'll town. We'll take it. We'll take I will, it. We'll take I will it. take we'll that. Take it's going to make down. me feel better. Uh, see, people in the comments are agreeing with me, guys. I'm, you call me the angel of death or whatever. I'm just out here speaking the truth. I'm <laughs> just out here speaking truth. <laughs> One person agrees with me. Can we up the ante a bit? Truth, man. Can we up the yeah. ante a bit and say this is the best Bulls podcast in the world, given that we are a global podcast, given that I'm on the other side of the world? Okay, like, Mark. I think we should up the ante here. Okay, Mark. <laughs> Why not? I'll drink to Why that. Why not? Talking greasy. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Talking greasy. I dig it. I like it, man. I like it a lot, sir. So what are you looking at going forward man, there for the Bulls there. going into Monday? I, <sighs> for this Philly, for the, against the Sixers, what are you guys looking at? Oh, my God. Can I? Can I <laughs> every way, everybody. Can I? Wait, just, everybody just sigh out there, man. Damn. Can I just enjoy my weekend before thinking enjoy, about it? Enjoy. You've been speaking Sixers. death and destruction right. all so long. No, and then, you and can't then, enjoy it. And then this post game show is going to end. And then we're all going to go <laughs> and enjoy our weekends. And then Monday at 5 p.m., I can think about how the Bulls are going to get their asses handed to them by Philly, okay? That's his answer. Can we call that a deal? <laughs> the answer, getting it handed to him. What do you think? It's just one game. Like, the, the Bulls, I just I can't stop thinking about the fact that they were the second best def- defense in the league with yeah. Caruso and Lonzo. Like, that's such a big part of their identity. Colossal. I just don't think it's fair to really critique them with their two most important defensive players out. Uh, maybe they don't get healthy. Maybe Zach is a little bit hurt. But it's just hard for me to rule them out just yet. So the 76ers, terrible matchup. They cannot do anything about Embiid. Harden is... James Harden, so that's going to be a problem. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is playing Ooh, super well, so yeah. they're a true contender, uh, and it's going to be tough to beat them or anybody when your entire defensive identity is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, Mark? Can Bulls get their first win against Philly on Monday? Well, no, no. <laughs> I, I taught you guys an important lesson before, and you clearly weren't listening. That lesson was undersell, over-deliver. So... I'm predicting and expecting a 30-point loss, so that way oh. when they lose by 22, I'll be I'll be chipper. So that's what we gotta that's what we gotta roll with. I think. He wow. said I'll be chipper. Yo. Well, I I tell you what, you, you take that bold prediction of yours, you head over to points bet on an alternate spread. You can make yourself some solid cash. For some real, solid cash. Oh man, dude, that's awesome, dude. Well, yeah, it's gonna be tough playing against Philly, but hey, I mean, there's no way around that. That's Nobody's been able to stop Embiid. You know what I mean? But the Bulls definitely can't do it. You know who can stop Embiid? Nobody has been able to stop Embiid. You know who can stop Embiid? Who's this? James Harden and his foolishness. (laughs) He hasn't shown it yet. That is not reared his ugly head at all. James Harden has been completely locked in. Right. James Harden is being the model citizen who, like, shows up to a new job or, you know – you know, his halfway house or or whatever or or a new relationship or a new relationship – 
pretending to be like this perfect model citizen <laughs> that he dude, isn't. This dude, no, don't wash your hands in this, Lawrence. No, <laughs> you accept this. You accept it, sir. You look at it and you take it. All we right, all, we all know the other side of the James Harden coin. Oh, how many man. games? <laughs> how, how many games until James Harden says, "I'm sick of this," and blows everything up with his ISO basketball? It's robbing usually, Jay, robbing Joel Embiid of his MVP moment and his MVP season. That'll come next season. Half a season, Harden is always on point. You know, what I mean? he could do it for half a season going into the play. The playoffs is the question. You know what I mean? Because he hasn't shown it there. But half a season, Harden, yeah, he could be solid there. But next season. Yeah, it might blow up. <laughs> I saw somebody in the comments talking about Doc Rivers uh, blowing it up himself with, with something about Doc Rivers' bozo moments. I don't know. I mean, Doc mm. Rivers has kind of developed this penchant for choking in playoff series that people think that his team should be favored to win. Yeah. You go back to his seasons with the Clippers. Oh, you, go, you go back to that Philly season last year. Oh, man. Doc kind of has that label right now as a guy who can't get it done in the playoffs. It's true. That Clippers you know who else has that label? James Harden. <laughs> You're not wrong. Well, well let's, let's be <laughs> clear then. Him, if you don't think the Bulls can beat the, the Bucks in a seven-game series, are you saying that the Bulls are going to get the Sixers in a seven-game series because James Harden and Doc are just going to, you know, crap all over themselves? Is that what you're saying, Pat? I'm saying I have never seen James Harden prove it <laughs> in, when it counts in the playoffs. And until he shows me that he can do it, I don't believe that he can. And honestly, you can say the same thing about Doc Rivers as a head NBA coach. The, the world champion? You got a ring. Oh. <laughs> okay. He's so, already proven it. The one time no, in Boston. Stop. He's okay. already proven okay. that he can do it. Come on, man. Everybody, All right. everybody knows Thibodeau really coached that team. I mean, that was <laughs> Tibbs' ring. That was Tibbs' ring and peak Paul Pierce. <laughs> I mean, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen has something to do with it, too. But, yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, my God. Sure, yeah. We have a comment from Drew. Okay. Bulls beat the Sixers, and that has the shock of your life. Deal. <laughs> I, I feel like he'd probably I was, do that I, anyway. I was do he, was, that he was doing this the whole show. What is it? <laughs> Yo, man. No. I mean, it has I been I mean, something harder than that, Drew. Say shotgun some water. I mean, Like, I do that. that. That'll be a little better and a little different. Don't, don't do something he's going to do anyway. You know what I mean? The one thing I've learned man. about yeah. Big Dave. Yeah, make, 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 make me shotgun a salad. That would. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, are you, what are you saying, Will? The one thing I've learned about working with Big Dave so far in one day is just how much this man loves water. Oh yes. Are you kidding me? Listen, he loves man, water. All about it, man. What is this, like my fifth one? I love water. Dude. It's the best thing on just, earth. <laughs> just wait till he brings his, his grapes from home, man. Oh. That was, that was his iconic. I used to Thing it's true. And outside, he would just bring a, like a Ziploc, like a gallon <laughs> Ziploc bag of refrigerated cold grapes. It keeps it and just sit there calmly and eat them, watching the Bulls lose by 30 every now, night. <laughs> now, how were the grapes, though? They were amazing. There you go. They were the best, <laughs> best grapes I've ever eaten grapes in my life. I got can, a grape guy. I had a grape can guy. you ship some of those to Mark K? I know that, you know, Ooh. like international shipping is kind, of kind of a bitch right now. <laughs> How you feel, Mark? You like? Do you like grapes, Mark? You like grapes, Mark? I, I love grapes. I love grapes. <laughs> we have we have pretty tight customs, so I'm not necessarily sure that they would get through in that sense. But I mean, we could try. We could, we could try. But like on the on, on the yeah, we, we we could try on the note of uh, international shipping constraints. I'm sure some CHGO uh, merch will be coming my way soon. But in the interim, I've sort of docked it up my own if you can sort of see that here in the uh, oh in the here. look at him okay. look at it yeah i see it <laughs> it'll do i gotta so the true company the man need, so you know that's it Let, let's get those grapes down here i still uh, i still have to do the same thing to my lowry marketing jersey and turn it into a javante green jersey <laughs> it's happening i'm glad that we ended this hour-long bulls post game show on the most important topic of the night which is whether or not mark k likes grapes yes. and wants us to yes, ship yes, yes. this is the post game analysis I've been wondering that people tune in for yes this is what you're here for this is the content you're here this for this is why sir. we're the best Bulls podcast in the world. In the world. In the world. I seriously, there were many a nights where I was like down and out watching the Bulls lose by 20 again. I saw and it. And Big Dave was like, Matt, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Have a grape. <laughs> Have a grape. And you know what? More often than not, it helped. It did. It did. There's some magic in fruit. It is, man. Oh. So how easily you forget that. Oh, I'm so proud of you right now. Yes, man. Say that again. Get you some fruit, sir. More of that. Well, not tonight. You're about to drink a thousand no, beers. No, no. Tonight, hey, tonight is a couple thing. more beers. <laughs> Jay said Big Dave is so hydrated right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. Hydrate, people. It is important. 
Get you some water. True. Locked on grapes. <laughs> I just oh, need to man. take you to the produce section one time so you can show me the ropes. I'll show you, you know? how it's done. Like, like, like Kramer and Jerry. Yes. <laughs> Kramer has Jerry get his produce for him because yes. he's been kicked out of the fruit mart. <laughs> yes, man. Get you the mangoes. It got to be right. You know what I mean? You I don't know what's it. going on with the papayas. <laughs> I don't even know what a papaya is, if we're being perfectly yeah, honest. It's a science to it all. I'm telling you, Mark. You can't just go in and pick up any old bag of grapes. I it's thought I was going to come in and learn about basketball. and I'm just, <laughs> I'm just learning about, learn about people's basketball. grocery buying yes, tendencies. Grapes, man. That's what we're here to learn you about. You showed up for the wrong reason, Will. <laughs> 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 just wanted to have a conversation about the bulls. <laughs> We're talking about grapes. That's right, Good man. Squad. We're Good talking squad. about grapes. Best best food podcast <laughs> confirmed. Yes, there absolutely. it is. You know what? I think Clap we have on that note. Clap that up. That Clap note. that up. Hey, everybody, well, just want to take this quick moment to thank everyone for hanging out with us all day, our launch day here at CHGO. Yes. We yes. have had so much fun all day here at our brand new studios. West Loop, Chicago. That is. We are going to be here making content for you guys, our fellow Chicago sports fans, from here on out. Yes. Bulls, Blackhawks, Cubs, White Sox, Bears. We are here for you. Podcasts. Sky. Sky. Yes. Sky. WNBA Everything. champion Sky. So we hope you enjoyed this first day for us here at CHGO. We will be back fresh with more content for y'all starting next week and forever and ever and ever after that. <laughs> so wrapping up our Friday launch day here at CHGO. For Will Gottlieb, for Big Dave, for our pal Mark K, calling it all the way from down there in Australia, and for me, Matt Peck, thank you so much for hanging out with us, Bulls Nation. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Chicago, we'll see you soon. Till next time, see red, be good.